This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Back in, you were listening to the November 21st, 22nd, something or the other Thanksgiving holiday weekend 2018 show, the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a road of this podcast dedicated to answering your fantasy football questions. And we are brought to you by the fine folks over at my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. I am your host, Jeremy Hart at Fantasy Gumshoe, and joining me today on the show is a vet around these parts. And by vet, in these parts, I mean the mailbag, RV Radio and Rotoviz.com. He is here now on an annual basis for a couple years running now. He pens the weekly game level similarity projections pieces covering both QBs and tight ends, and he also writes the weekly wide receiver usage report. I mean, when you talk about the beat of the marching drum, they call you the grill master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz summer event. Like the 2019 C-Class sedan and GLC SUV. The perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz summer event. Now serving limited time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz. The best or nothing. Uh, March of the Beating Drum, something or the other, uh, rotaviz.com. You have them on the airwaves right now. You're in rotaviz stardom. Kneel, kneel, kneel before your master. I will never kneel to you. Welcome to the show, Neil Dutton. That's N Dutton13 on Twitter. Neil, my man, we're bringing in Thanksgiving Masters of the Universe style. When I mean, I don't think half of the audience out there even knows who Masters of the Universe is or what that was. Back in the days, that was a jam for me. Tell me it was a jam for you, maybe. Oh, absolutely. It was, I was all about, you know, um, Prince Adam and his, the person who looked a bit like him, but clearly wasn't, wasn't actually him, uh, Hema, you know, his, 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 his twin in Eternia. The, the film Master of the Universe was a little bit disappointing, even as a six-year-old. I could tell this isn't very good. <laughs> yeah, and at the end of the show, what still kills me to this day, because I actually went back and had to share one of these. You know, it's a cold classic for me, right? So I had to share it with my older kids, and at the end, after the credits, they bring Skeletor back, and you see his hand come up from the lava or whatever it is, just like we saw on every single episode, every single morning. But to this day, Neil, damn it, we still do not have a Masters of the Universe sequel or remake or anything. Like, if we got another sequel, who would be He-Man at this point? Like, it can't be Rock, right? I mean, could we just go back to Dolph Lundgren? Is he still around? 
He's still around. I mean, it's you've got to stay original. You've got to stay true to the original. I mean, it's every action film now. The, the first person, oh, we'll just give it to Rock, but he can't do them all. And John Cena, there's there's a, there's, a, there's you know another Ooh. wrestler who could do one. That's a really good drop there, John Cena. If you're out there. I just saw you in um, Daddy Daycare 2 or uh, Daddy Comes Home 2 or something or the other. I like that movie as well. So get on over there for Masters of the Universe and come over here as we answer all the questions of the week. Uh, we're talking player, player and team to- uh, outlooks, Dynasty Slants, DFS Rants, you name it. But, Neil, of course, before we dive right in, though, jumping back in here, uh, you know, you pen these weekly pieces here, so let's talk about them. What are a couple surprises for you heading into Week 12 here from a wide receiver you? usage standpoint you're in there you know crunching the numbers getting under the hood every single week so uh what what do you got for us here well the big one that jumped out to me uh, from this week um obviously in the wide, re- wide receiver users report i look back at the wide receivers who had at least 10 targets from last week so obviously the heavy usage ones um you know most teams are dropping back you know to pass 35 40 times so 10 targets is a fairly decent amount the big one I found out this week, um, obviously the Cincinnati Bengals last few weeks have been without A.J. Green. Now, the, one of the big things for the Bengals for many years has been if they don't have A.J. Green, they have nothing. Whereas this year, Tyler Boyd has really stepped up in a big way. But what I found out is, because obviously Tyler Boyd got 10 targets again this weekend, uh, three 10-target games this season, his numbers without A.J. Green are very, very low. He goes from 17 PPR points per game with AJ Green down to about 10 without him. So you'd, you'd think, well, this is a man who's he's come on, he's made a leap in his third year. When he doesn't have AJ Green, you think he's going to get many more targets. He can shoulder the burden, and he can't. By the looks of it, it looks like he's going to be you know a classic number two option as long as he's got the alpha dog on the other side. Um, and if Green isn't there, then still we're going to find the Bengals' offense stutters. And that basically, as per usual, the the one the one true wide receiver you can trust on a weekly basis from that offense is AJ Green. That was the biggest one for me. I I, I thought, you know, going in last week, ain't no AJ Green, especially in DFS. I thought it's Tyler Boyd season, as the kids say. <laughs> uh, but then he did absolutely nothing, uh, which was annoying. Yeah, it's it's the it's the age old tale of you know. Is, is rolling over bracket coverage going to hurt you or help you when you, you know, you get that main secondary type of attention? And it's, it's, to your point, it's frustrating because we love Tyler Boyd coming out. We love the collegiate profile. He didn't, you know, combine as, as well as we would have necessarily hoped at the time where somebody like Chris Godwin did necessarily. But, you know, it is frustrating because you see the increase in opportunities and you think, well, this is going to just translate over to fantasy production, and to your point, it hasn't necessarily. So, unfortunately, we are looking for a comeback from A.J. Green to really realize that that production back from Tyler Boyd here. Now, you also pull everything together for the uh, quarterbacks and the tight ends uh, this week and forward. So, who are you shying away from that many might be on this week, You know, whether we're tur- talking about the Turkey Bowl slate or the, the weekend tent slate of games as well? Well, one of the big ones for me... Um one of the more consistent quarterbacks this year in fantasy football, without being as spectacular, has been Phil Rivers. I think he's thrown multiple touchdown passes in every game. I think the numbers this for him this week are not high at all. He's across his low, median, and high projections, which is what we look at in the game-level similarity projections. They're very, very low. He's like a low-end QB2 all across the board. Now, obviously, I think a part of the reason for this is that 
the Chargers are playing the Cardinals, and the Cardinals have actually got quite a good pass defence. The reason they have a pass defence is no one passes on them because you can run on them. So obviously that's going to affect, affect Phil Rivers in that number state. So I think even with you know no Jared Goff, uh, no Patrick Mahomes, if you're going to have to stream this week, Phil Rivers, for me, isn't someone I'd be looking to take. Quite the other end of the scale, someone who's only going to be playing in his third game, who the projections really, really like this week, is Nick Mullins of the San Francisco 49ers because he's playing Tampa Bay. Um, you know, the was it the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who just don't believe in defence anymore. We had Ron Rivera who came out today and said, asked about Monday Night Football, I'd take a good 7-6 game every day of the week. Of course you would, Ron. Uh, the Tampa Bay <laughs> Buccaneers do not subscribe to that theory, um, and which is why they don't bother playing on defence. So even though Nick Mullins, you know, vastly inexperienced compared to the likes of Phil Rivers, the numbers like Mullins a heck of a lot more than they do Rivers this week. Very nicely done over there, parlaying a, a shy away into a diamond in the rough, if you will. And, I mean, the numbers prove it. The matchup proves it. It's something that you're going to want to take a look at this week as you're streaming. And, look, you know, there's not so much data on Nick Mullins, but we got plenty of data on, on the matchup there with San Fran. So, you know, it, it's something to definitely consider this week. And I know we're in the doldrums, right, of, uh, you know, week 12 here, and you're fighting for the playoffs. And you think to yourself, do I really want to go to battle with somebody named Nick Mullins? You say, yeah, remove yourself from the name and only focus on what's lying ahead. And that's what we do every single week here at The Viz. And you're going to want to check out all of Neil's work every single week as he puts these articles up. Again, he is just crushing it on the site. And you can take a look and peer into everything he has on the site for only 30% off right now with the Rotoviz NFL Pass. Just go to rotaviz.com slash podcast and that subscription gives you unlimited access to Neil Dutton and everyone else and all the premium NFL content on the show and this very pod. And you can also support this pod by subscribing to and rating the uh, Rotoviz Radio channel on iTunes. If you're a fan of this show specifically, just search Fantasy Football Mailbag and this show is going to uh, pull right up and you can go ahead and uh, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe. It doesn't matter. Just do us a solid and hit that rate button. And last but not least, Rotoviz Patreon is here and it's here to stay for just $5 a month. That's it. Save yourself the Starbucks. I mean, you spent $5 on dinner rolls for crying out loud for this weekend. Save yourself a dinner roll or something this weekend and just get the Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash Radio. In addition to the 40 podcasts you get every single month, you're also going to get unlimited, exclusive, elite access to the Rotoviz Patronship show every Sunday morning live with the folks over there giving you up-to-the-minute uh, analysis, uh, feedback, redraft, dynasty, seasonal DFS takes whatever you need. We're here for you Sunday morning. And if you have any questions you want answered on the show, just email us, wordofhisradio at gmail.com, and we'll go ahead and get those set up for you as well. All right, Neil, we're going to dive in for the QQs for the week. Here we go. Redraft, PPR, I have Lamar Jackson, and I'm wondering if I start him over Tom Brady uh, or Baker Mayfield this week. I picked him up in a deep bench league as a block, but now I'm wondering if I should actually use him. So this one's tough. We only have a one-game sample to work with here, 117 stinking rushing yards for crying out loud. And then, you know, another 100-plus from, from somebody named Gus Edwards, hashtag preseason superstar for some of us out there here this year. And... um 
you know, they say maybe he's going to throw the rock a little bit more here. You know, I, I think the floor is going to be there for one Lamar Jackson here. So I don't think you can depend on a ceiling. But, I mean, you know, Brady's coming off uh, of some additional rest here. Baker seems like he's good. Uh, th- I mean, admittedly, this is tougher than it looks, at least for me. Absolutely. I say, obviously, as we know, it is sustainable for a quarterback to carry the ball 27 times in one game because that's why all the quarterbacks do it. Oh, hang on! None of them do it. We don't know whether that was just a game, you know, a, you know, a specific thing last week that they wanted to do against the Bengals. The Bengals had allowed an awful lot of rushing yards to quarterbacks going into that game. Anyway, obviously that blew up spectacularly thanks to this. But with that rushing floor, floor you know, as uh, Rich Rebar calls, you know, the Konami appeal. Lamar Jackson's always going to have a nice floor, but as you say, the ceiling is going to be somewhat limited. The Raiders don't give up a lot of rushing yards to quarterbacks because, again, you don't have to. You can just pick them apart from the pocket. So the question is, if Lamar Jackson is not going to do that, it's you know he's very much a floor play. Whereas the likes of uh, Baker Mayfield this week, who's got a fantastic matchup playing against the Bengals, the very same Bengals who got ripped apart by Lamar Jackson. But I think Baker Mayfield can go after them in a totally different way. He's He's not a statue. He is quite mobile. He's no Lamar Jackson, obviously. And the Bengals have allowed 10 passing touchdowns in the three games immediately prior to last week, where they didn't allow a single one. But you have to try and pass for one to uh, to score one, I suppose. And would definitely start Mayfield over Jackson. But the Brady one is interesting because Tom Brady, the last three games have been rough. Mm-hmm. He's got one passing touchdown the last three games. He's been the quarterback 21, 16, and 23 in that span. Obviously, he's coming off a rest. Maybe Gronk's back. Another week of Josh Gordon. Julian Edelman's still there. But Tom Brady has not looked good this season. He's not looked like Tom Brady. He's not, don't you know, he's not Blaine Gabbert. But he's not, he hasn't looked like he's going to, you know, have that 500-yard, five-touchdown game that this time of year he might do against a team like the Jets. So I just think in a game against the Bengals' defence that is just bleeding fancy points to quarterbacks, I would take Mayfield of this trio, but I'd then probably go with Lamar Jackson over Tom Brady, and I didn't think I'd be saying that in August. What? Where are we? What year is this? None of this makes sense, and I'm with you 100%. I mean, there's no angry Brady narrative. I don't know. Maybe somebody's going to pull that one up because of the bye week here. I don't know. I don't know. For me, it's more like Zoloft Brady right now. I'm just, I'm not about that. Give me Baker with you as well. Redraft PPR. Hey, guys. I have a bunch of guys to choose from on the Thanksgiving day. I have uh, Theo Riddick with Marvin and Carrion Johnson out. Amari Cooper and Jordan Reed coming off uh, a get-right Colt McCoy-infused spot. Uh, Allen Robinson and Calvin Ridley. Which three of these do I start? So we've got Theo, Amari, Jordan Reed, Allen Robinson and Calvin Ridley. Oui. If, if, we, if, if only we were also looking with our with our choices. I personally, um, I'll take on the first one. First one would be Theo Riddick. He offers no rushing uh, floor at all, but maybe he'll get the odd carry because every time the Lions give the ball to Lagarrett Blunt on first and ten, a fairy loses her wings. It's absolutely. <laughs> it's I, I can't watch it anymore. Please stop it happening. But Riddick's had. 22 targets in the last three games, 18 receptions. You know what he's going to get. From a PPR floor, you know what he's going to give you. He's not going to carry the ball 20 times, but he's going to be a feature in the passing game, especially, as I say, with no Marvin Jones. There's no tight end of consequence. I love Kenny Golladay. Obviously, I you know I will lay claim that I was the second 
person aboard the Kenny Galladay bandwagon after JJ Zacharyson. It's not a bad person to be trailing, I know. So he can't. He, he's going to get a lot of targets, one would assume, but he's not going to get them all. And that's where Theo Riddick comes in. Second one for me would be John Reed because he started the season iffy. He was getting, you know, yeah, four catches, 40-odd yards. Then he fell off the cliff. If only we'd known it only took Colt McCoy to kickstart Jordan Reed. But the irony being that you look, you know, every other season, look at Jordan Reed's fitness record. It's terrible. This year, everyone in Washington is hurt, but Jordan Reed's fully fit. It's, it's you know, again, the world's upside down. I honestly don't know what to make of it. But the Cowboys, the last few weeks, last three games, they've allowed 23 receptions, 229 yards, and three touchdowns to tight ends. So if, it, if a team is going to focus on the tight end against them, they can be had. Um, the other one for me is Alan Robinson, because this is dependent on Mitchell Trubisky playing, which he may not do. Now, obviously, you know, when we all talk about the winners of life, of uh, you know the game of life in football, Sam Bradford's the big winner uh, for making the most for the very littlest, for the very <laughs> least. Chase Daniels right up on his coattails. Because me and my friend uh, Mainzi on our podcast, we've spoken in the past about the very worst thing that can happen to a backup quarterback is they actually have to play. Because <laughs> it's along that line of, you know, if you'd said nothing, we'd have thought you were clever. You know, if you if you don't actually play, we think you're competent. So if Chase Daniel comes in and is adequate, then Alan Robinson might be a decent play. If he comes in and he looks absolutely dreadful, then it destroys Alan Robinson. But I just I, I find it hard to trust Amari Cooper still. The Dallas Cowboys don't want to pass the ball. They're determined to take the game back to the, the glory days of the 1950s. And Calvin Ridley has gone over 54 yards once in his last seven games. And he's still the number two option on that team behind uh, Mohamed, the number three, sorry, option behind Mohamed Sanu and obviously Julio Jones. So I would take Theo, John Reed, and A-Rob. Yeah, I'm with you there as well. You know, Bruce Ellington coming back into the fold now, and Detroit going to take some of the target share there as well. I, I know he's questionable right now. It seems like he's going to be a go, but, yeah, I'm with you. I still think yeah, there's just no way they cannot involve Theo in some facet or the other here. So with you there. Uh, Neil, if you were to give your best and worst purchases ever, what would they be? Well, about 10 years ago, I bought a drink for a lady. And, you know, 10 years back now, um, we have two two beautiful children. We have a house. So when I think about what my best purchase would be, uh, that would obviously be the best one. She, I think she can hear me, actually. Uh, the worst <laughs> one would be I, in de- determination to try and get fit and healthy, I bought an exercise machine, and it looks spectacular in my bedroom with my clothes draped all over it. It was £20 <laughs> I will never, ever see again. And it's one of those, I would have just wasted the 20 quid on something else as well but I really wish I had it. And at the same time, you, you shed 20 pounds because you're shedding all those un- unnecessary clothes that are hanging over, over the railings of the, of the treadmill, right? I mean, if, you, if there's exactly. a way to lose pounds, that's that's the way to do it, right? Walk, walk your way to better clothes storage. That's That was the slogan on the uh, on the side of the box when I bought it. 
<laughs> Nicely done. DFS, uh, where are you starting in cash games at running back? Saquon Barkley seems like the chalk again uh, since Gurley and Hunter not on the slate. Both Mixon and Chubb seem priced okay, and Melvin and Connor seem to be good bets as well. Any thoughts here? Yeah, I, I've started, and in, in, it's early, right? We're getting the show out early, so much more research to do here. You know, it's it's going to be tough not to go back to Saquon coming off that game there, but I definitely have liked the build in in just going Melvin, saving 500 there, uh, slotting in Joe Mixon, who seems like he's a 1000 underpriced right now, along with Connor, and then just, you know, plucking away wide receivers at, at that 4 to 5K range and, and looking at a stylistic build like that. So I don't know. I'm going to, you know, I'm also a cash game guy, so I'm going to have to judge ownership in the field of Saquon and, and figure out if it is going to be really high. Is that a hill I want to die on? Um, because you got to take game theory into play as well. That's all part of the equation. But, I mean, gun to my head as of right now, Wednesday, uh, before Turkey Day here, I mean, I like Melvin, Connor, and Mixon to start stuff off, but, I mean, there's additional savings out there. You know, you've got Josh Adams of the world that are out there. Do I really want to go down that low? I don't know, but this is where I see the most production at the best value. Any thoughts on that? Well, Melvin Gordon, as I say, obviously has the plum matchup because the Cardinals are not going to stop anyone. They couldn't stop a running nose uh, this year, the Cardinals. So, you know, He's obviously the uh, the player, as I say, Phil Rivers, the GLSP, doesn't like him, so they obviously think it's going to be a Melvin Gordon day. couple I like, say, are cheap. Obviously, Mixon had been in good form until last week when it's the Ravens. You're going to have days like that. They're still a bloody good defence. Uh, Matt Breeder, 5,700. He's going off a huge game the last time we saw him, and he's playing the Buccaneers. And I say the Buccaneers are a team we want to attack in all forms of fantasy. Uh, but another one, just for, for pure volume, he's only played the last couple of weeks. That's Leonard Fournette. Six, he's mm-hmm. 6,700 on DraftKings at the moment. He's had 52 rush attempts in the last two weeks, and he's had seven. He's caught all seven of his targets. So 118 yards on the ground, 102 through the air, and he scored three touchdowns. So I know we don't really want a piece of the Jaguars' offense at the moment, unless seriously, we're, we, you know. We want to, you know, it means if you have a piece of the Jaguars offense, you have to keep an eye on that game as it happens. And any offense, I, I cannot watch a game with Blake Bortles side-arming the ball <laughs> to people. It makes, it makes me sick. Seriously. And, you know, after, you know, after Thanksgiving, which obviously we won't be celebrating in the air, but in spirit, I will. I don't have the stomach to be sick watching Blake Bortles throw the ball, but you would hope he is their off, Leonard Fournette is their offense at the moment. So I don't think he's a terrible play. It's, as you say, Saquon is, again, is the offense in New York. Uh, I think Odell Beckham only had like seven targets last week against a porous uh, Tampa Bay secondary, but they just went through Saquon Barkley. As an Eagles sufferer, like I am in the interest of full disclosure, I have to hope the Eagles can shut Barkley down because that's the only reason I would not take Saquon Barkley in the hope I don't want to be promoting the idea that the Eagles might face plant again. But the idea that Gordon, for me, it would be Gordon, Mixon, and probably Fournette or Breeder, I really like. Yeah, very solid, very solid analysis there. And it, there's really just a solid core group of running backs. You know, we've collectively talked about eight dudes at this point here that you can just start to kind of put into a tight player core, even for GPPs, and start to kind of mix and match those dudes. So uh, really good thoughts there. Neil, if you had to become an inanimate object for a year, what object would you choose to be? 
Well, it certainly wouldn't be that exercise machine I bought. Um, <laughs> as I say, we are closing in on a year. You know, all I've had to stare at is a couple of shirts and some jeans. Uh, this is a tough one because you know it's you know one of my one of my uh, main defining characteristics and you know one of my charms. People say is I can't shut up. Whereas the idea of being an inanimate object would sort of cancel that for me. I'm, don't get me wrong. After the year, my God, would I have things to talk about? You know, but I think that just upset some people. This is a tough one for me. You know. There, there is an awful lot of things. I mean, an inanimate object. I don't know. Jeff Fisher's offensive playbook. I, I don't know. You know <laughs> something that's never going to get used, but would seem quite rare. I feel like that would be a really just like the pits of despair from the Princess Bride, right? Like, not to fifty, not to fifty, not to Jeff Fisher's offensive playbook. No, it would hundred percent be the worst inanimate object of all time. And is he is he coming back? Do you think he's ever going to make it back to the league? Do you think there's a chance in the the good old boys? Porous NFL rapport establishment, whatever. Like, is is he coming back? Please say no. I, I really hope not. But, it, you know, it's as, as, as much as the league wants to embrace, it says it wants to embrace these young attacking, you know, offensive-minded coaches, your McVeighs, your Shanahans. You know there's crusty old owners there who don't like 54-51 games. They long for the 13-10 bore fest. And, you know, for some, I mean, Jeff Fisher, you know, they say the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing people he didn't exist. The greatest trick Jeff Fisher ever pulled was convincing people he was a competent head coach. He's had three winning seasons in, was it, 35 years as an NFL head coach? It just seemed that way. And he'll he'll always be linked with jobs until he goes away permanently. But God, I hope he doesn't. The biggest takeaway in this show is Jeff Fisher is the devil. That's basically what we're coming back to here. Redraft PPR, Neil. If Mariota is out, how much are you downgrading uh, Deion Lewis and Corey Davis? Does a Blaine Gabbert-led offense help Johnny Smith? And forgive my ignorance, I'm not. I know. I know Mariota had the stinger here, so I don't know where we are with him right now. But you know, we saw what happened to that offense after he went down in the second quarter, and it 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 wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty. So what do you got on this one? It's obviously, I mean, the worry is that Corey Davis is this annoying, annoying figure in fantasy football, is that he seems to get 10 targets every week and does absolutely nothing with them. But you keep chasing the volume and the hope. that He's had two really big games against the two teams who played in the Super Bowl last year. Now, I don't think the, the Titans are playing any more Super Bowl from last year teams, so I don't think we can rely on Corey Davis too many times, with or without Mariota. But... Anyone who says this offense is not going to take a step back if Blaine Gabbert starts doesn't know what they're talking about and hasn't watched Blaine Gabbert over the last 10 years or so. John Smith is probably the only one who I don't see his floor or ceiling being affected because using the game splits app that we have obviously on Rotoviz, you know, I'm a corporate man, um, he averages 4.83 fantasy points in games this season with Blaine Gabbert and he averages 5 without. So it's a negligible difference with or without. But Dion Lewis is going to suffer. Corey Davis is going to suffer. You know, Tajay Sharp, it was nice. It was nice you popping back into our lives for those two weeks of relevance, Tajay. But back in the box with you, this offense is going to go back into is going to go in, into the toilet for as long as Mariota is out. And we saw earlier this season when he was out and he came back in, he still wasn't right for a few weeks. So I I I think you know that the Titans' offense is something I really don't want any part of probably for the rest of this season. 
Yeah, this is just, oh gosh, it's it's a shame too because we did start to see it on an upswing here. It looked like Mariota was coming into form here, and then of course he gets the stinger again. You know, I kind of luck boxed into Johnny Smith and in, in DFS last week. It was like I knew I was paying way down, and I, I couldn't even get the two hundred to Ricky Seals. I didn't want to go down to James O'Shaughnessy. Ricky Seals coming out of the KC game, the air yards looked a little inflated. James O'Shaughnessy coming out of a, a, a pace up matchup where he had to get involved, and I just thought, you know, it was one of those matchups against Pittsburgh, like when they're looking and playing the game of chess, they're going to keep the ball out of the hands of Pittsburgh. They're going to want to grind the game down and use Leonard Fournette. That's what we saw. Thus, that led Jonu Smith into my lineups, and it worked out for the best. So, I mean, if I were a betting man, and I am, and I have to use somebody from this offense, I'm going to go back and take a look at the player props from Jonu Smith. That's the only one I'll take the over on. I mean, have you ever wanted to place a bet on a player that you didn't really like, but you were afraid to pick on the wrong team or the wrong guy. I mean, you don't always have to go about it that way. This Thanksgiving, it's finally possible for you to get a 100% refund on your bet if you lose it. I mean, what? What did you say? You heard it. You get a 100% refund on your bet this week if you lose it on Thanksgiving here. With the Turkey Day free play, we are literally getting you a free roll. You can bet the spread on either the Bears or the Lions. If you win, you win. If you lose, my bookie will give you your money back up to $250. You literally cannot lose. No risk. All gravy, baby. My bookie offers a great product, and there has literally never been a better time to try them out unless your sports book is offering something like this. And I don't think they are. So I think you should make the switch. I've never heard of a sports book doing a freebie like this, and I doubt it'll ever happen again. These guys are trustworthy, fast, and helpful, so I know they are good for it. And if you're new to sports betting and have a lot of questions, that's fine. Guess what? So did I. We've all been in those shoes. My bookie has patient, awesome customer service, and they can walk you through any questions you have about how betting actually works. Look, guys, gals, sign up for my bookie, and they will give you a 50% deposit bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. It's a great way to bank even more money when you win. Log on to my bookie right now. Use promo code ROTOVIZ. Get 50% deposit bonus. Uh, bonus. Again, that's promo code ROTOVIZ. You don't need a promo code for your Turkey Day free play. All right, if you lose, we're going to credit your money back into your account automatically. That's not we, ROTOVIZ. That's my bookie. But what are you waiting for? Sign up today. Do not miss out on the gravy train over at my bookie. I feel like we're going down for the gravy train, um, crazy train, right? I should have done a play on crazy train there or something. Like, I think that's a missed opportunity, Neil. I need to well, work you on know, that. You, you, you miss 100% the shots you don't take, and you know that, that's all I can say from there. There you go. And if you miss them all, it doesn't matter. You're getting a free roll for crying out loud. I mean... You get free rolls over on the DFS sites, and it's a $0 contest. First place gets 100 bucks out of 1 trillion people or something like that, right? Like, this is literally $250 free. I mean, that is a big deal out there, guys. Like, you need to get on top of this. I mean, that's money you can get back. If you lose it, you get it, you get it back. If you win, you can take that and then keep it on there, turn it into more money, or if not, Take the profit, the ROI portion of it, and use it for the rest of the holiday season. I mean, come on, guys. This is literally free shit, all right? Who doesn't like free shit? Go get free shit. All right, that's it. I'm done. I'm off the soapbox of free stuff. 
moving on here right into the fuck Mary kill super coaches of 2018 neil this is this is an interesting one here because we've got andy reed and sean McVay, both who we just saw on monday night how do you not include them on this list right now in a game that literally realized over a hundred collective points and then bill belichick is on the list here but it's almost like he's an afterthought right now right the end of a dynasty potentially so fmk style what what say you um, I'm going to I'm going to F Sean McVeigh because you know it's young, it's exciting, you know you, you, it's the thrill of you know <laughs> trying something new, and you know granted he does look like Carson Wentz's brother, but you know I can get over that. Um, I'm going to marry Andy Reid because you know as an Eagles fan we you know we were together a long time, we split up, and now you realise we should probably get back together. You know we we I. I Thought I could do better, and at the moment I'm struggling to think I am, and I'm just going to kill Belichick because I'm, I grow weary of him and his ever-growing minion of assistants who go off to try and become the next Belichick as head coaches, but just turn out to be douchebags to the media. Yeah, and yes, so- you, Matt Patricia. <laughs> and I mean, he—I mean, you, the mark of a great leader is somebody that can create other leaders. I mean, how many other leaders has Bill Belichick really made? Right? It's almost like. To your point about the the, the, the minions and, and cronyism, whatever whatever you want to call it. I mean, Bill Belichick only seems to have been there for himself, and nobody else seems to get into success there. I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but I'm with you. Uh, drinking the Kool-Aid all over again. My goodness here. And Sean McVay, good things to come for years here. Uh, redraft PPR, would you start Gus Edwards over the likes of Golden Tate, Duke Johnson, or Chris Godwin this week? You know, you alluded to it. You know, we don't, we we only know what we saw last week. Um, Gus Edwards clearly seemed to be the read option guy. I mean, are they going back there enough to take him over these other guys here? I would probably take him over uh, Golden Tate and Chris Godwin. Um, Golden Tate, that trade is starting to look worse with every passing day because it's bad enough when you see it on the field that they can't get the ball to Golden Tate in areas where he knows how to win. But then when the Eagles offensive coordinator comes out and says, we're having trouble incorporating him into the offense, that doesn't exactly fill you with confidence. I mean, we know what Tate's uh, game is. He's a PPR magnet. He's, you know, one of the best yak receivers in the NFL. I've just uh, I've just incorporated him into the offense for you, Mike. I don't even need the consultation thing. Chris Godwin, you know, so efficient. He catches everything. As a stone Adam, and he never ever disappoints. But he can't get past the likes. He's not going to get unseat Mike Evans. We know that. That's why they paid him the money. But Deshaun Jackson, Adam Humphreys, they're still getting targets and they're taking snaps ahead of Chris Godwin. It breaks the heart. Duke Johnson, I wouldn't start him over because Duke Johnson just needed Freddie Kitchens. It seems I mean, <laughs> in the two games since Kitchens became offensive coordinator, he's averaged nine touches a game. He's had 129 total yards, and he's got three touchdowns. Now, Duke Johnson's never been a big touchdown scorer in the NFL. I think he had a little run last year where he got, I think it was three and three games, and the world went crazy. But his usage is there. We know that Nick Chubb was starting to get a few targets last week. So he was starting to get used against the Falcons in the passing game. But we know that should they really need him, they will go to Duke Johnson as a passing alternative. So, Gus Edwards, as you say, he's... Gus Edwards sounds like, you know, a handyman or a milkman. You know, just he sounds like, you know, the the trusty guy about town who'll come and fix your leaking tap. You know, I, <laughs> he doesn't sound like, you know, a workhorse NFL running back. I could be wrong, but I just, I'd like to see more than once against a pretty hapless Bengals defense. I'd like to see him do it against a proper NFL defense. 
that said, they're playing the Raiders, so they won't be playing a proper NFL defense either. Yeah, I mean, and, and there's no floor there either Well, as well, right? I mean, you can he, – he got the touchdown toward the end of the game there, but, I mean, Lamar Jackson also did not get a touchdown. So this week, I mean, you know, maybe he throws one in. Maybe he actually runs one in. I mean, without that touchdown, it was still fine for Gus Edwards, right? But, I mean, you're, you're banking on that 100 yards of rushing production without – any floor whatsoever for passing volume. So with you there, Duke Johnson, if you can't take the heat, bring in the kitchen, I guess, or something like that. So with you there as well. Uh, Neil, if you were to get, give, be given full reign of the uh, food pyramid, you could redesign it. What would the Neil Dutton food pyramid look like? At the very top, above all else, is meat. Because, you know, I'm terribly sorry, and I know that, you know, it's probably bad to enjoy meat in the modern day. You know, we have to we have to t- think about the you know the fiends of the animals, and I do to an extent. But if if we hadn't been intended to eat animals, God wouldn't have made them so delicious. That, that's the way I think about it. Underneath meat, you have the you know nearly as important uh, is cheese. Gotta have cheese as well, you know. Uh, and then under that, um, what people on your side of the pond call potato chips, whereas I call them crisps. That, that's that's pretty much all I need. That's all I think we all need: meat, cheese. And a boatload of crisps, and then it's it's what we need for a brighter future. Yeah, they, I'm with you there. So basically, like I just want to surround myself with many, many marry the cows, basically, right? <laughs> like that's that's heaven right there. Now, now crisps, I'll call them crisps. What what's the go to crisp for me? It's a jalapeno cruncher. All about the jalapeno. What do you got? Well, we, we've got some new crisps uh, later recently um, in this country from the great company Walkers, and they are uh, they are spicy chicken wing flavor crisps. Oh, so again, yeah. They, it's this. I think it's part of the range. They've been designed to be good with beer. No, beer is good with beer. Let's let's not faff around. <laughs> they are quite nice. There's a little bit of a kick to them. Uh, but the problem is, they only seem to sell them in the big share bags. Well, I'm not sharing them, so <laughs> this is a problem I have. Is that, I, well, I'll fold the bag over and I'll finish them later. No, I won't. I'll eat them all now, and I won't be sharing a single one. Oh, that's that just sounds glorious. There's also, I don't remember what what the name of the company is, but uh, we have these pretzel crisps that are buffalo wing style. And even my seven-year-old son is in love with these buffalo wing pretzel crisps. So if you ever get your hands on a pretzel crisp, it's buffalo wing. Oh my goodness! And you, and you dip it into a white cheese sauce. Oh my gosh! I mean, this is ten times better than Thanksgiving dinner. Like, just give me pretzel crisps, buffalo wing, and white cheese, and I'll eat that while everybody else eats the stuffing and mashed potatoes. Yeah, I'm on board with that. I'm, I'm currently googling flights uh, just to come over and buy a bulk load of these crisps. Well, uh, call back to last year. If you make it in, let me know. I'll meet you at O'Hare, and we'll see if we can find that snow globe for you as well, right? Oh, please don't. It's, the wound is still, still hasn't healed. <laughs> There's a call back to last year for any of you fine folks out there that remember. Redraft, did DJ Moore do enough to make him a weekly flex play at least? I'm looking at him, Christian Kirk, Devin Funches, or Kiki Cutie in my FFPC league this week. So, yeah, we've got a thin list here. All have some upside. All have some downside. What say you? I don't think Moore's done enough... Uh, to be in the flex conversation because he's still not the guy for Carolina. I mean, 
He's had 59 yards or fewer in eight of his 10 games. He's had two really good games, but he's only seen about 12% of the targets, which is less than Devin Funches, who had an absolute nightmare last week. It was a game you don't want to see any wide receiver, and by any wide receiver, I mean any wide receiver I'm starting. You don't want to see him drop absolutely everything. So he's obviously he's taking more than 20% of the team targets. Greg Olson's taking about 15%. Christian McCaffrey is seeing seven targets per game. Devon Moore at the moment is Devon Moore. DJ, it might be Devon. I don't know what the DJ stands for. Um, DJ Moore at the moment, he's, he seems to be relying on splash plays, which you can't trust. If it's a flex option, it's not a bad. You know, if you put it in, depending on how strong your other wide receivers are. But I find it difficult to trust him. Kiki Cutie has had... Uh, he's only played like four full games, and he's had seven or more targets in three of them. And in two of those, he's out-targeted DeAndre Hopkins. So that tells you that when he's on the field, they want to get him the ball. And he's not done too badly with them. And plus, he's seen red zone targets. He's had five in those four games, which ultimately, I say, flex, you're probably getting by on hoping they fall into a touchdown or insanely good volume. And QT has shown that it's not insane volume, but it is steady and they are using him in the scoring areas. Uh, Christian Kirk has just got a lot better with Josh Rosen than he was with Sam Bradford. But given the choice, I would take person I take Kiki Cutie out of those out of these young pups, as it were. Yep, yep, with you there, a hundred percent. Kiki, do you love me? Neil, Shark Tank app. I, I like I, I did I've already done that, Neil. I did that on the show a couple weeks ago too, but I can't not do it because my stinking my stinking, my daughter keeps, I don't know, like going through and looking at these Kiki videos, and I guess that's what the kids do these days. And so every time that happens, I cannot not get the head, uh, the song out of my head. And same thing with Kiki Cutie. Kiki comes up, and now I'm singing that stupid song for the rest of my freaking forsaken life, Neil. I'm not bitter. Not no, bitter. I mean, I, I don't know where it's come from, but the. The Planetary Council of Children, um, they have all issued a decree that they will all just watch YouTube videos of grown-ups opening and playing with toys. I don't know where this has come from. I don't know who started it. I want it to end because I'm sick to the teeth of my young, my little girls wanting to watch it. It's No, no, we have box sets. You can watch anything you want. Look, Masters of the Universe. No, I want to watch the toy thing. Okay, well, I'll just go and stick my head in the oven while you're doing that. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel. Uh, Neil, Shark Tank app idea that doesn't exist today. Um, I would have, it's, obviously we have an app called Twitter, you may have heard of it. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's quite a big thing. I would have a extension file on that that literally would read every tweet you've, you've typed, you press send, it reads it for you and then comes back and says, no. <laughs> So you don't have to delete it. It's already done. Take it. So I'm not sending this for you. Just AI tells you to say this will not be well received, or this is not funny. This is boring. Or the ultimate setting, it just says, "Okay, time to stop tweeting." The discretionary Twitter filter. I love it, and I feel like there are umpteen thousand people out there on a daily basis that could benefit from something like this. Not yeah, going to say names. For people, like, people like that. <laughs> Nicely done. Well done. All right, week 12 rapid fire. Here we go. Melvin Gordon, Saquon Barkley. Uh, Melvin Gordon for me. David Johnson or Joe Mixon? David Johnson. Adam Thielen or Devontae Adams? 
this is one that took me the longest to think about, actually. But I'm just going to give the edge to Devontae Adams. And the reason for that is, going back to the wide receiver usage report, over the last two two games, Adam Thielen, he's dropped off dramatically. He was always going to after the hot start. But he is not now seeing the main bulk of the targets for the Vikings. That's now Stephon Diggs. And Devontae Adams, as good as he is, I still think he's ridiculously underrated. He's the go-to guy for Aaron Rodgers. We know this offense is broken. But I would take Adams over Thielen. Amari Cooper or Larry Fitz? This one caused me pain, but I'm going to take Cooper. (laughs) Jordan Reed or Gronk? Jordan Reed. Nice. Greg Olson or Evan Ingram? Greg Olson. Drew Brees or Matt Ryan? This is the question, Drew Brees. And the aforementioned Baker Mayfield or Andy Dalton on the other side? Uh, in the, yeah, the battle for Ohio. Uh, I'll take the Baker. Because if you've got the kitchen, you've got to have the Baker. All right, all right. I went with you on every single one of these. The only where place I deferred was uh, Joe Mixon over David Johnson. Um, and that could be the wrong answer. I just think it's a, it's a little bit better of a get-well spot where, you know, I, I don't understand why they went away from using David Johnson last week in the passing game. Yeah, I don't understand these things sometimes. And we It looks really hopeful for the young leftwich here. And I don't know. It's like he just had a bad nightmare and forgot that he was supposed to get David Johnson more involved. I don't know. I don't understand it. So I, I think it's both supremely superb plays. So just give me the, the edge, the smidgen, if you will, to Joe Mixon on that. But with you everywhere else across the board. Neil, take a favorite or popular movie and change one letter in the title. What's the new plot? What's it all about? Okay, I give you Jurassic Park, which, you know, against all <laughs> probability, scientists have brought back dinosaurs. But instead of taking over the park, they try their best to get atop the PGA Tour. <laughs> who's who's starring in this one? That's what we need. Well, this I I I, I don't think it'd be live action. Uh, I think we probably gonna need uh, you know Pixar's input on this. So obviously we have a voice. You know, Steve Carell's obviously a good voice for someone. Yes. I think. Um, I, I haven't given it that much thought. I'm more of the idea, not so much. You know, I'm more. Uh, you know, I'll hash this off to the how guys. I'm more the what. I'm more the what. I'll give it to the how guys once we've had the green light. Look, I'm just the idea man, all right? All you people out there, all you little people out there, you you guys go and figure it out. I'm I'm here to generate the ideas. You guys make it happen. Steve Carell is a nice drop there. They feel like sandbags. Uh, there's a, there, I'm not going to go into details for anybody out there that's seen Four-Year-Old Virgin. There you go. <laughs> Nicely done. Redraft streaming Ds. Uh, we've got the Bills, the Colts, the Broncos, the 49ers, all viable streaming options this week. I think I like the Bills the most coming off the bye here. Um, can make a case for any of these. What do, what do you got? Um, I've, got the, I've got the Bills first because... Over the last few weeks, in fact, since week two, really, um, the, the Jaguars offense has just fallen to pieces. Blake Bortles has gone back to bad Blake, so he's throwing interceptions. He's taking sacks. They're not scoring points. I mean, they, they, it's as, I forget who said it, but, you know, bless him. I'm sorry, I'm sorry I'm doing a disservice. But what is the point of running the ball time after time after time after time if you can't defend a 16 mil, uh, 16-point lead at home in the fourth quarter? They're just inviting themselves. Quite like the Colts, the defense, it looked a lot better against the Titans last week, but I don't know whether that's, you know, it's easier to sack playing Gavin than it is Marcus Mariota. <laughs> uh, the 49ers against the Buccaneers. Last week, I thought it was going to be a high-scoring game, so I shied away from the New York Giants defense. 
I didn't realise it doesn't matter about scoring points, it's turnovers, it's sacks, and that's what they got. So I'm probably of these four, I'd have the Broncos last, even though Von Miller is the defensive player of the week in the AFC. So, but the Bills for me are they they should they should be owned in most DFS uh, lineups this week. Yeah, absolutely. And all of this is always scoring relative. You know, if you're putting a lot of point emphasis in your leagues for whatever reason to points against, then, yeah, I mean, you're going to take a big shot into the lower over-under and team totals there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, generally speaking, I mean, when you're streaming Ds, exactly to your point, I mean, you're looking for those those sacks, those those interactions to, to you know, put turnovers on the board. So that's where you're at. Uh, with you there. All right, Neil, the moment in history you would choose to go back in time and witness in person. Well, it's going to be 60 years in a few short weeks since the greatest game ever played. So I would be there in Yankee Stadium watching John Unitas lead the two-minute drive to tie the game for the Baltimore Colts against the Giants. Oh, wow. That's a new one. That's the, the Johnny Unitas drop. I mean, I don't think we've ever had a Johnny Unitas drop on the show. This is the first right now. If you were to compare Johnny Unitas to any NFL starting quarterback today, who would it be? Well, one thing you always talk about Unitas was he had such an incredible arm. So I'll go with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, because the last time I saw an arm as dangerous, the last time I saw anything as dangerous as Patrick Mahomes' arm, it had just blown up Alderaan. So I think he probably got, is quite probably a little bit more nimble than Johnny Yu, but from an arm talent point of view, that's where I'll go. Yeah, solid drop there. Uh, just some unfortunate uh, rookie decisions in the end of the game for one Patrick Mahomes in the end of the, that potential overtime game. But, hey, I mean, he, he's kind of young. That guy's kind of young. I think he's going to figure this thing out. And, uh, you know, tough shoes to fill going in there into L.A., uh, seemingly against not only the crowd, but the referees as well. So uh, just, uh, oh, my goodness. I mean, was there ever, ever, ever a more enjoying game, enjoyable game on on the old tube? I don't think there was. Just The, the only one I can think of is, I can't remember the year, but a few year, quite a few years back, there was a Packers at Colts game when it was uh, Brett Favre and Peyton Manning, and they seemed to just go, Touchdown for touchdown for touchdown. Very quick. I think the Colts won going away in the end, but the first half was like, this is incredible. And this was like going back like 2003, 2004. That was similar to what it felt like on Monday night because you're watching it thinking, I was tired watching it. I was thinking, it was just like, oh my God, this is like, this is like, this is like basketball. It's, they've got to stop scoring, have a break. But no, it was, we won't see, hopefully we'll see more games like that, but 54 51s, uh, I can do without. It's yeah. Pac-12 football, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it, it reminded me of just, you, you hit it, the Peyton Manning days of old going into even Arrowhead Stadium, and you're looking at 45-44 scores, and it's just like, oh, my gosh. It just keeps going back and forth and back and forth, and the Colts never really had a defense, right, until, you know, they, they finally plucked off my Bears there that one year, just dinking and dunking, and, you know, finally snapped the cover two one time, to, to make it happen, and, and this was like that on steroids. Just incredible, incredible stuff. All right, Neil, take us out of here. Give us a sizzling, smoking, scorching hot take for the Thanksgiving weekend, Week 12 slate. I'm going to go with two of the rookie starting quarterbacks this week will finish as top 12 quarterbacks in fantasy football. It's not going to be Sam Darnold, so I've narrowed it down for you. <laughs> so 
I don't know why. I just I've got this horrible feeling that Josh Allen's going to come in, angry Josh Allen, and he's going to put it to the Jaguars because the, the Saxonville that's gone. They they can be had. Um, I think Josh Rosen maybe garbage time, but Baker Mayfield, as we've seen, is in a prime spot. So I think those two, especially those two, the other two are in with a shout. We said Lamar Jackson, but those t- two rookies, so Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, they'll be top quarterback options this week. Boom, 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 boom. There it is. Get you some. Fire up them tourney shares. It's lit. And that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a of podcast where we answer your fantasy football questions. If you have any questions you want answered on this show, Email us, guys, rotovisradio at gmail.com, or hit us up on Twitter at rotovisradio using the hashtag RVMailbag. Neil, my man, always appreciate the time. Really enjoy the convo. Uh, so give us the deets, what's coming up here uh, over the next course of the several weeks here. Well, I say follow me on Twitter at ndutton13, you know, for garbage takes, but that's what I'm here for. Um, I work, If you like hearing my dulcet scouse tones, and let's be honest, who would? Uh, you can hear me on my own podcast. It's called Waxing Lyrical with Mains and Duts. So I warn you, it's two lads with a similar a similar accent. It can be grating on the ears. It grates on mine. For the rest of the season, I'll have the game-level similarity projection articles for quarterbacks and tight ends. I'll have the wide receiver uses report. And hopefully, you know, when the season comes and we start, you know, it's all finished, it's all over, we start looking at the next year, start looking at next year's draft, I'll be able to write, you know, some more prospects and write about more of the, my favorite position of football, tight ends. Boom. There it is. There it is. Wax and lyrics and uh, just making it happen. And uh, you don't have to worry about garbage takes because we have this new TD app, Twitter Discretion, the filter to filter all of Neil's tweets and yours moving forward. It's a beautiful thing. We don't give this information away for free, folks. Oh, we do. Kind of. Just get over to the Patreon and give us $5. You will get all of those Twitter discretionary, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe we can do a side deal on that, Neil. You know, cross-pollination, cross cross-promotion, like it's a very exciting thing in this day and age in the social media market. So we're going to make that happen. But again, get over there at ndutton13 and do not forget to rate and review the show on iTunes. It means a lot. I'm Jeremy Hart at Fantasy Gumshoe. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Rotoviz Radio. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think, so follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio and at Fantasy Gumshoe. Tell your friends about us, and do not forget to sign up for a 30% discount through our podcast homepage on rotoviz.com. It's a no-brainer, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. 
I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.